The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. I'm Clay Link here with Todd Zola and a special guest to kick things off. We'll actually have two guests on the show today. But joining us is Derek Van Riper from The Athletic, former Rotowire uh, baseball editor and Rotowire alum. Great to have you on, DVR. Thanks for uh, joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on. Great to see you guys. Yeah, no two-star pitchers, obviously, and no pickups to talk about, but we have an upgrade in DVR. <laughs> Todd, how are you doing today? I was ready to start opening day next year with the two-star pitchers, but we're going to wait on that, huh? I'm uh, doing uh, doing well. We have this, we'll we'll explain why we have DVR in a moment. Well, we have DVR on because he's DVR, but uh, we have a little, kind of a, not so much a surprise, but we have something special planned, and uh, it's uh, you know good to wrap it up. Mr. I, uh, I'm glad I'm on this week. I mean, I, you replaced me, well not replaced me, but I was off last week, and I was afraid I'd get an email that said you know Colette's going to take over for you. <laughs> You're you're always worried about getting Wally pipped, but you're a yeah. you're a Hall of Famer, Todd. So you gotta you have you have some job security. You're like uh, Kenley Jansen or Raldis Chapman, one of these types. But uh, I just want to say, you know, as the season wait, wait, wraps so up, you're saying I still have a job even if I suck. <laughs> That's not what I was saying. But you're just okay. so established in the role. You're so locked in. <laughs> you can right. hand it to you in the ninth, and you get the job done. Um, but I just want to say, as we wrap things up here for the season, thank you all for taking time out of your week every week to talk with us. It's been great. And uh, not the best fantasy season for me. I just wanted to admit that uh, and say it wasn't my best year, but still hi- hanging in in a couple leagues. But I learned a $1,700 lesson. Guys. I uh, bought my way into a my own main event this year. It was a first time deal. And uh Took Trevor Bauer over Vladdy Jr. in the second round. Now, Vladdy Jr. wasn't really going in the second, early second round in most drafts. But I just learned that, you know, you do all this research, just get get the guy you want. If it doesn't feel right, don't don't pick the guy. And Trevor Bauer, DVR, I'm sorry that, you know, we had a deal involving Bauer. And even on the field, I just think uh, it wasn't the right pick. Should have trusted my gut and gone after Vlad and... And you put that kind of money on the line, you should go with uh, what you feel is right, not just what the market says is is probably the right deal. So you guys are actually, even though the 2021 baseball season is still underway, you're gearing up for a 2022 draft as we speak. Is that right? This is true. Yeah. 
Uh, I written about it and uh, in, in the Z files. It's uh, Derek and I have been teaming up for a few years at this point. We there's a draft that is run. It's an NFBC satellite, and it, it seems to start a day earlier every year. DVR next year it'll be on a, on a Thursday. Usually it would start on Sunday, and then can we just start today? Now it's as soon as lineups lock on on Friday. So it's a it's a it's an NFBC satellite with. Some real hot shots. I don't know how why they let us into this league. That's uh, Lindy Lindy Hinkleman's in there. Stats is in there. I think last time I checked, Stats was winning. It's uh, being run by Dan Kenyon, Doughboys to uh, to those in the NFBC and some other heavy hitters. And and uh, yeah, we're uh, pick eleven, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna have some little fun with the draft. I enjoy drafting with Derek, and uh, yeah, we you guys have one of the yet. great team names of all time. Yeah, well, we, we you know the athletic and the non-athletic. We'll let you guys figure out which is which. I do, I do enjoy that. It pops me every time. But um, you guys, you mentioned you've been doing it for several years. Have you learned any lessons doing it? Like, have, have you had any? Have you been bit by anything and had to kind of change your your strategy drafting so early? Not even in the off season, so early in the uh, calendar year. I, I mean, it's so early. I don't know. I mean, you have, you, you know, we adjust, you make the, you make the plans. I should say we haven't won it, but we were going to win in 2020, but we didn't run the league because of the pandemic. So uh, I don't think anybody else, maybe Derek thinks that, but yeah, we had that one rocked. No, I just kidding. But I mean, I guess we, you, I mean, you were saying you take your guy, this is the ultimate take your guy draft because it's hmm. so there's no market. So you, you have no idea when the, the player is going to be drafted and, you know, we can say all you want, don't follow ADPs and this and that, but you know, the market, it does shape your draft. We have no idea when, when, when Osholi, Otani very well may be the first pick. We have no idea. Uh, so that's one of my favorite things about this draft. And it's weird because, you know, I feel, you know, I feel like naked without a, at least an ADP, not that I, you know, adhere to it, but I like to have an idea of the market to sort of to gauge and, that's what makes this thing so fun. I don't know, Derek, if we've, I don't know if we've learned anything other than we get to draft better hitters for, you know, doesn't matter when we draft pitching, we get the pitching every year, but we need to get better hitters. Yeah. I think the big thing that I've noticed is we don't really do a great job spending enough fab early. The, the bids in this league for the first fab run should be considerably higher than the typical league because we're drafting now. And so many good players are going to emerge over the course mm-hmm. of the off season because of, trades and free agency and in other ways that things get shaken up that I think we tend to underbid in that first big and that's a true favapalooza and then we end up with this hammer that we never get a chance to use <laughs> like that's happened on more than one occasion now so that's one thing that's really specific to this league that I think we need to do differently yeah I don't know what it is about the pitching where maybe we're just better at, at avoiding the pitfalls with pitchers that was my hypothesis I think once when we spoke about this was that we're we're good at finding like last year for example like we I don't think we were into Kenta Maeda at market price like a good pitcher it sucks that he got hurt I think we're good at avoiding guys like that and we're pretty good at finding the guys that have a good multi-year track that they're likely to regress back to and we end up with this surplus of value on the pitching side which in a no trade league is not great it's good because you have the foundation to win the league potentially with more than fifty pitching points but if you don't put good hitting around it you know, you're going to keep finishing fourth, fifth, sixth every year as we tend to do. Yeah. It's an important distinction too, that you mentioned that this is a fab league. I just, the, the leagues that I usually do early, including the ones that first pitch are usually the draft champions, draft and holds. And I just found like relief pitching is so hard to navigate in those leagues, but I cut you off, Todd. What were you going to say? 
I was just saying, <clears throat> I, I wrote about this too, and I don't know if, if Derek read it or agrees, but so I'm thinking, all right, we do really good on pitching every year. All right, so let's wait to draft our first pitcher. But then I'm thinking, no, let's not give up that edge. Let's just do a better job on hitting. So, I mean, we'll, I mean, we'll see how things lay out when we start to draft, but I'm not going to push. Listen, we've done really great on pitching the past few years. We don't need to take a pitcher until the fourth. I'm not going to go down that. I mean, we'll see what happens, but that's not going to be a, a push. That's not going to be a, a, an idea because we, we're good at the hit. We're good at the pitching. Let's take let's use it to our advantage and figure out a way to get the hitting better. Yeah, interesting stuff. So you guys are picking 11th uh, in this draft, and uh, you kind of had an idea. I liked it, Todd, to maybe do a little – just between the three of us, a little first round mock where it would kind of let land on me at 11 and then we can kind of debate who, right. who you guys should be taking at, at that spot. All right. So I like we're going to go DVR, then clay, then me, and we're going to draft the first round and uh, we're all, you know, we're going to at our pick, we're going to, you know, ignore what we already did is if we're, you know, is what we would do at that point. So DVR, uh, you're on the clock. All right, DVR one. It's supposed to be the smartest of the DVRs compared to the the DVR clones in the room for this draft, but we'll see how this plays out. Uh, I'm actually with the first pick. I would take Trey Turner as of of right now, and the very very short answer is compared to some of the other guys that do everything, health is less of a concern for Turner by comparison. There's a big unknown with Fernando Tatis Jr.'s shoulder that I think we're going to get more information on hopefully within. The next week or two, I, I think the shoulder looks fine. We'll probably talk about him when he gets picked. Uh, but I think when I look at, at Tatis's shoulder, that's one factor that pushes me towards Turner. Turner being in the Dodgers lineup all year also probably elevates those counting stats mm-hmm. to another level. That's something I want to account for as well. And I think we've been, for, for a long time in his career, we were probably too low on the amount of power he actually has. I think people have finally come around to Trey Turner as a true five-category player rather than like a four or four-and-a-half-category player. It's funny that it took those like awesome slides into home plate for people to realize <laughs> like how sexy that skill set is. I mean, he just does it all. I, I think that's a good pick, DVR. And you touched on it, Derek, that the concerns with Tatis's shoulder, I think, are actually going to drive me away from him here. As great as he is and as great as Shohei Otani is, unless you're in the league with daily moves, it is hard to capitalize on all that value. Still incredibly valuable either way and was the number one hitter for a long time. But uh, I'm going to go with the guy who we have as our number one hitter on our auction calculator right now, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. This is an all-world slugger right here, guys. I mean, we all knew it was coming and uh, fully blossomed into himself. What he's done at age 22, nearly, I mean, maybe he'll win the Triple Crown. I don't know if that's still... No, nah, it's, it's off the table. Yeah, that seems unrealistic at this point. Uh, but between him and Simeon, I mean, those guys and Robbie Ray, of course, but carrying Toronto to uh, the brink of the postseason. We'll see. I'm excited to see how that AL wildcard shakes out of the final days. But I just feel like Vlad's going to be an all-world building block in fantasy for many years to come. So that's that's a pretty easy one for me, actually, even though the speed isn't there. Well, I'm going to go Juan Soto. And uh, I'm, I, if this is a real draft and I, and I was physically able, I'd be doing like cartwheels right now. Um, <laughs> although he's really my number two player, turned as my number one. I mean, I, we don't really need to explain Soto. He doesn't get as many steals, but I mean, good lord, he was you know he was a, he was a bust at some point in June or July, 
And now he's up to what, 320, 420, 50, whatever it is, something silly like that. So, sure, I, I, the lineup is a bit of a concern. We'll see what Washington does over the offseason. Am I worried about the Bobby bon- Barry Bonds treatment? Eh, not, not really. It usually doesn't. I'm not, I'm not really concerned about it. So, yeah, Juan Soto is my easy number three. I love Juan Soto, and I agree that he's he's in this top three. But, yeah, that the Barry Bonds treatment does kind of worry me because as great as he's been, he doesn't have 30 homers. Vlad has 46. Um and he's just so content to take his walks. He's just so fine to, which is great for real life, unless you're playing, you know, Tower Wars or something mm-hmm. on, on base league. Um, I do kind of worry that the counting stats may lag behind a little bit. So then it's back to DVR, right? DVR two. Yeah. I'm going to take Fernando Tatis Jr. here. I, I think four is enough of a slide. And I think earlier in the year when he first had the injury, Kind of come back onto the radar for us. He came back with that modified swing, wasn't following through, uh, keeping both hands on the bat. People said, oh, this is the swing change. And he was still crushing the ball even with that modified swing. Uh, maybe this is like granular recency bias. Did you see the home run Tatis hit at Dodger Stadium oh. on Thursday night? Uh, it just landed. It just landed. I out, don't of, think, out of Dodger Stadium. Yeah. I, I don't think that ball was descending when it cleared the outfield <laughs> wall. It looked like it was still rising, which is yeah. just mind-blowing. But the thing that really caught my eye, there was a, an MLB tweet of just his swing. And I was watching that kind of on a little loop. It looks like a totally normal, healthy yeah. swing right now. And I, I think if you have that in October and you put up the numbers he did with a bad shoulder anyway, I'm more on the side that he he's going to keep playing through this and he's going to be fine. So maybe we're getting 140 games next year instead of 155 plus, but there's plenty of guys that either on great teams who are going to get some days off or mm-hmm. other guys that have injury risk that we're going to think about in the first round. I, I, I can't pass on Tatis here. I, I still think he's a top five player. I think you do want to account for the risk, but I wonder if people might overplay it a little bit and he might fall to sixth, seventh or eighth in some drafts, which is going to be a huge value if it happens. I was looking for the note, but I, I can't find it. But didn't he say, Tatis, that he's kind of hoping to avoid that surgery in the offseason? I thought that was kind of a given. Yeah. But it would be, actually. I'd feel better about drafting him if he did avoid it, to be honest. For sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's speed on top of the power, too. 42 homers in 127 games. He's 25 for 29 as a base dealer. The K rate is under control, right? When he first broke in, it was close to 30%. 27.7% is a nice little improvement. I mean, he's just... He's doing every single thing we want except for flirting with a 300 batting average. And this, I mean, we never would think we'd say this about Tatis, and we're going to say it was a shortstop, but it shouldn't matter. He's got outfield eligibility, too. And shortstop's such a strong position that, I mean, that matters. You may, you now, if you draft Tatis, you don't have to avoid drafting another shortstop because I don't want two shortstops. You could put Tatis in the outfield. And with scarcity the way it isn't anymore, I mean, that's just another little bonus. Yeah, very true. And I, I, this may be recency bias on my part, but the Cody Bellinger shoulder injury last year and what happened to him, it's, I, I wouldn't expect that to happen to Tatis, but, you know, coming back from those shoulder issues, our guy Jeff Stotts has mentioned it in his article many times. It's not, not so easy. So if he could kind of rest and rehab Tatis, I, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we will have to see about him. This is a tough spot to be in, kind of, because we got, well, my boy Acuna, but he's coming off injury. Trout's missed a lot of time. I don't know for sure if he's 
first round guy. Maybe he is. But I'm thinking NFBC centric. And right here, I feel like Walker Bueller's got to be a, a top five type of guy, given his age, team context, skills. It really doesn't get much better than Walker Bueller, although we have him as our number three SP so far this year. I'll well, maybe leave it up to. Uh, he's going to get. I think he's going to get a higher workload next year. So I think. Yeah, I think, I think he's in the argument for number one pitcher. Sure. Don't you think he'll be a top five NFBC guy? NFBC, okay. yeah. I mean, this yeah. is an NFBC draft. I mean, you know, we'll. Uh... <laughs> it's a fake. Oh well, your guys. Is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The what we're, yeah. we're pretending. Yeah, I, I, no, I think so. I think, uh, I think he's definitely. I mean, I think I may still take Garrett Cole, especially if there's an NLDH. But I mean, we're we're we're, we're pulling hairs at that point. Very true. Now, before Derek, we get to your actually no, it would be Todd's pick. Let's uh, pay some bills and throw to a quick commercial break. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now we're back on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast sponsored by WinBet. Play link here with Todd Zola and Derek Van Riper from The Athletic. 
kind enough to carve out some time on his Friday to join us. Um, we're doing a little mock draft of the first round here, and we're up to Todd at pick six after Trey Turner, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis Jr., and Walker Bueller went off the board. So who you got, Todd? I'm, yeah, this may be my first all as an idiot pick, but uh, you know I know it's okay. I am uh, Jose Ramirez. I'm boring. I'm safe, and Jose Ramirez is consistent. I know he had a couple of half seasons that weren't so good, but I'm looking at the whole picture. Batting average is low, but I'll I'll figure that out. And at this point, I'm not going to pitcher, and I want both 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 homers and steals. I my teams have been horribly deficient in steals this year, so I'm going to kind of address that now and take Jose Ramirez. Yeah, through two picks, I have very few steals, and it's going to be something I'm going to have to address. But Derek, you're up next with pick seven in the first round. I think it's a, a fun spot because you can go old and amazing, but with injury risk like Trout, you could even go after Mookie Betts here and probably defend it. You could go with Shohei Otani and say, hey, look, he's proven he can do it and he can repeat the playing time volume he had this year. But I think I like Bo Bichette in this mm-hmm. spot. Uh, I don't know. Todd and I talked about possible first rounders on the Athletic Fantasy Football or Fantasy Baseball podcast a couple weeks ago. And I don't think Bichette was a big part of our conversation, but the more I have looked at him, I mean, the batting average floor is as high as it is for probably any player in the pool. Like, he uses the entire field. He doesn't strike out that much. It's actually kind of a good thing for fantasy players. He doesn't walk a ton because he's putting so many balls in play, and in that lineup, he's going to have guys on base all the time, so you can take advantage of that. I think that gives him a boost in the RBI category compared to players with another approach. He's not that far away from being a 30-30 guy. I think this is kind of like a, a safer version of, of Cedric Mullins and a guy that we should be talking about as a fantasy first-rounder for the next couple of seasons, I think, at least. Yeah, he's special. special Cedric, Were you going to add something, Tom? Just a little bit, yeah, because I've been kind of batting around the whole – something that kind of has been swept under the rug. We're thinking about 2022 and projections and rankings and drafts. There, there, was, a, there was some talk that the shift would be – monitored you know kind of like they're doing in double a and even though their numbers in double a aren't showing are showing it's really not having an effect i don't think that's apples and oranges i think it is apples and oranges i don't think you can make the direct comparison and you mentioned dvr that bichette hits the ball over the place so i mean he's already i don't know if that means that everybody else's batting average comes up and his you know the league average comes up but um i don't think it's going to affect where i'm going to draft him but he may lose a little bit of the batting average edge because he's already beating the shift. But I think that's a little too granular. And I mean, I, I, you know, I would uh, if if this is our pick and I said Ramirez and you said Bichette, I'd easily just say sure, let's go Bichette and uh, you know not worry and not argue it out. I gotta admit, at this time of the year, my fire's been stamped out a little bit. But this conversation and first pitch looming, <laughs> getting that fire burning. <laughs> Here we go. Derek, I'm sorry we're not going to see you, but I completely understand. I was on the fence for a long time. And I will be seeing you at first pitch, right, Todd? Well, I'll be there. Whether we actually see each other or not remains to be seen. (laughs) Yeah, after um... a full season together, I understand if you want to. I'm pretty sure we'll run into each other at some point. Absolutely. Well, my pick then up at pick eight. And a few guys you could make a case for here. I think, well, a lot of guys, obviously. But, you know, maybe the Albies, a guy we haven't really mentioned yet, but Bryce Harper, what a. What an absolutely incredible year he has. But I mentioned that I need some steals if I'm kind of thinking about this spot. And really, if I'm drafting anywhere in the first round, I, I would like to address stolen bases. And one of the only 
40, 40 threats in baseball coming off a big knee injury. We'll see about him. But Ron Lacuna Jr., middle of the first round, sign me up. Yeah, I have no argument against that uh, from a skills standpoint. I think timetable-wise, I'm really curious to see if he can be ready for opening day. I don't know if that's been even ruled out or anything yet, but I, I think it would take a, you know, it would take a, a pretty aggressive rehab approach. Definitely possible, and definitely a guy that you could be really happy with at eight if, in fact, he has a somewhat normal spring training. What do you think, Todd? Is that too optimistic? First, first to eighth. In, in terms of auction value, in terms of auction earnings, is around $10. So you're getting around – because would, would Okunia be – he if he's not number one, he's top three, right? If um, if he's, he's healthy. healthy. yeah. Yeah. And, 24 and years I, old. The I mean, big bet you're – I don't think you're betting on health because I think you've got a built-in buffer. I think you're betting that he still runs. Yeah. And I think that's a good bet. I don't – I don't. if he's healthy, he's going to run, I, I think anyway. So, yeah, that's See, a good yeah, one. Who underwent surgery on July 22nd. So I do expect some limitations in the spring, as you kind of alluded to, Derek. We'll have to, that'll be something we'll all be monitoring closely throughout the winter. So we will be, that was pick eight. So Todd with pick nine. Pick nine. Uh, this, I mean, I, I will be on, I, this, I would, at this point with what's off the board, I would be considering, I would be considering, Gary Cole at this point. I, I don't mm-hmm. know that I would take him. Um, I think I would end up taking Mookie Betts. I, I think he's going to end up, of all the injuries, I, I know, he's, you know he may have to have work on the hip. I think he's going to be okay. And I think we're just forgetting how good he is. And uh, I would probably take the chance on Mookie Betts. I like that. Still a lot of, a lot of talent on the board, but Mookie is well, uh, the bone spur, talent. right? It's the bone yeah. it, He's, he has to have that bone spur. So I'm not a doctor. I don't live near a Holiday Inn Express, whatever it is. But it's you know in my in, you know my naive approach is, isn't that less of a concern than a shoulder or rehabbing what Cunha had? Maybe I'm wrong. But if you know take the bone spur out and he's all good. Seems like he's had. I mean, he's had several stints on the IL this year, right? Seems like they well, can a lot just, of it related to the yeah. same thing, though. I think. Yeah, and I just think the Dodgers can afford to. You know, slow play him and yeah. play it safe with him. All right, I like that pick. That was not who I was expecting, but I should have known you'd probably go for an X Red. Song. There we go. Yeah, because I'm such a homer. You are such a homer. No, obviously, <laughs> you uh, let the numbers speak for themselves most of the time. But Ty, uh, no, Derek up at number ten. So I'm going to take a picture here, and it's not going to be Garrett Cole. Um, I, I think there's a couple other names that you can think about. I think the top five might be shuffled around into different orders for just about anybody looking at the problem. But uh, look, I'm wearing the Brewers hat. I know this isn't a video show, but <laughs> Corbin Burns has been the best pitcher in baseball going back to the shortened season. I think Yep. the concerns I had that, the league would find a way to adjust to what he was doing, and he'd be kind of a, a three ERA guy with a 115 whip and lots of strikeouts. Well, I'm pleasantly surprised that that didn't happen. He added more wrinkles. He's got five pitches. He locates everything really well. I think he owns the skill of, of not allowing a lot of hard contact at, at a like elite, elite sort of level, aside from his ability to miss bats. He has so many ways he can attack opposing hitters. 
I love getting a guy in the NL Central as opposed to the AL East. I think that's one of the things that also pushes me to the burn side versus Cole. We do have to account for the likelihood of Universal DH coming back for next season, so that edge won't be as, as great as it has been in the past, of course. But all that being said, if you said... Corbin Burns is going to be the best pitcher in baseball in 2022. I'm not going to push back on that, so I'm happy to take him at pick 10. I like it. All right. Well, Todd, I know you have your other surprise guests lined up, but I uh, – so we'll kind of well, run yeah, these pick, final – pick 11. Yeah, and well, Dean and I will make a remark. And yeah. Then, uh... We can make these final few picks, but we'll just have to get through them right. okay. quickly. But I'll just say I think I am going to take Cole. There are a few guys on the board who I – you know, I kind of am tempted by, including Simeon, who's just been like that guy's just been unreal 44 and 15. Yep. But I feel like you can't really let Cole linger anymore. It hasn't been his best year, and he's still like a $30 player this year and 243 Ks and 881 in the third innings. It just seems like this is a no brainer for me, even though, you know, maybe may not be a no brainer for you guys come draft time. Uh, we shall see. I mean, we already, it's already been established what picture we're taking, which I have no issue with. All right. So <laughs> we're up to what? Number 12 real quick. Oh gosh. Um, I, another one of those, do I take them now or can I wait sort of things? You know, that's kind of what's, what's, what's going through my head. And, um, I'm I'm looking at Harper and Otani. You know what? I think I would take Whit Merrifield here and look to get power in the second round. Cause I don't want to give up the opportunity for the steals. And I know maybe, you know, he could, he should, you know, his ADP will probably be, you know, low, you know, longer into the draft, but I, I don't see him stopping running and I want those steals now. And I'll, you know, Freddie Freeman, whoever in the next round, I'll, I'll, I'll match him up. Yeah. I don't mind that. Wit is a guy I've always kind of just, uh, <laughs> underrated in my own mind. Never. And there's risk. Price. He's going to be 32. And you know we're expe- I don't you know if I don't get forty okay thirty all I want is thirty and that's all you need nowadays. Hopefully Bobby Witt can repeat that thirty thirty season he, he had, but there at the go. major league level next year. If Derek, if you had twenty eight minutes in before Clay mentioned Witt, you win. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like, like uh, was my was my number in the pool. <laughs> so who's uh, up for these final DVR? Then me and then Todd. So we'll run through these last three, then we'll get you out of here. DVR, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no, this is this is awesome. So three names I really like here. Uh, I like Trout. I like Harper. I like Otani. I'm going to take the guy that can still do everything with more certainty, and that's Shohei Otani. Uh, I think there's a little more, little more ceiling with him than Harper. Harper's an amazing player. I think people are they have Harper fatigue or something. So it's kind of fun that we're at a, a Trout versus Harper debate, maybe at the yeah. one-two turn in drafts, and I think that's a fun one to have. But Otani contributing more on the base paths, that to me is the, the difference maker for him versus the other two players. Yeah, and there's so much multiple eligibility out there, you can figure out the fact you've locked up UT. Mm-hmm. And there's okay. not a whole ton of UT only that you're going to be bummed about that you can't draft. Yeah, I'm taking Bryce Harper, who even after another MVP caliber season – Still looks like he'll be maybe a one-two turn type of guy. We uh, it seems like we generally don't know what we have. We don't appreciate what we have in Bryce Harper as a general public. Todd, who are you gonna oh, take gosh, to finish off? I, the first I would be pulling my hair out right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, none. Of, I don't. You know, air quote. Don't like anybody because you guys are so good. You took everybody that I want. Uh, but for the interest of saying somebody, I would be considering. Geez, 
I would be considering, you know what? I mean, I have two. I would probably go something like Freeman and Kyle Tucker. So I'd probably take, you know, whoever I took first, I have no idea, you know, whichever, I'd flip a coin. But I would probably, you know, take take Freeman, and I do think Tucker gives me enough speed that I'm that I'm okay heading out of the first, out of the turn. Well, just to recap real quick, our mock first round for 2022, Trey Turner, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis Jr., Walker Bueller, Jose Ramirez, Bo Bichette, Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, Corbin Burns, Garrett Cole, Whit Merrifield, Shohei Otani, Bryce Harper, then uh, we'll go Freeman, Freeman. We'll go Freeman, Freeman and Kyle Tucker. We'll yeah, you got you got the uh, double tap there, so that, that <laughs> makes sense. Derek, anything you want to mention that you got going on? Anything you want to say before we let you go? Yeah, we're doing some playoff editions of Rates and Barrels. We're going to live stream nice. those, so if you want to check those out on YouTube, 11.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Pacific every day starting Tuesday with the playoffs getting underway then. We may jam in a Monday one if we get a game 163, but hey, Tuesday's the official start date. Nice. Awesome. Well, we owe you one. Thanks so much, Derek. You be well out west, man. Yeah, I'm gonna, thanks, we're going to miss you. We'll here. talk soon. Yeah, have fun at first pitch, guys. Take care. Yeah. Take All care, right. Derek. So I in the room here, I remove DVR. Then I add our buddy Ray Murphy from Baseball HQ. <laughs> Todd, you Good knocked it out of the park you. with these two guests. How you doing, Ray? I'm great. Nice to see you guys. Nice to see you too, man. Nice uh, to see you in a couple of weeks, man. Looking forward to it. it. Yeah. I really want to thank you and Brent for making room for me. You know, I was kind of on the fence, but uh, Brent was kind enough to uh, work me into a program or two. So thanks for keeping me involved. Making room. Yeah, come on. (laughs) There's always room. Like, there's always room for dessert. There's, there's, uh, There's always room for clay. Oh, that's too too kind of you. Ray, for those who don't know, Maybe listening to the pod, maybe new to the the whole fantasy baseball scene. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about First Pitch and what, what it's about? Yeah, so First Pitch Arizona is coming up in two short weeks. It is October 14th to 17th uh, out in Mesa, Arizona. For the uninitiated, it is a full weekend of fantasy baseball talk, discussion, debate, food fighting, whatever else you want to call it, uh, centered around the Arizona Fall League. So we're going out there for, turns out to be the first weekend of the Fall League. We're going to hit four games, uh, game on Thursday night, two games on Friday, game or two on Saturday. And in between, basically in the mornings and the evenings, we talk baseball, we draft, we do all kinds of fun things. And in the afternoons, we hit the ballparks. It's a great time. I've been going for, man, it's probably almost seven or eight years now. Um, time flies when you're having fun, and it it is never once disappointed. I absolutely love it. And just getting to know you guys, and it was so, you guys were all so welcoming to a dumb, dumb kid like me back in the day. You just, you know, I felt so at home in the community right from the start. Well, I'll, I'll um, see you're seven or eight and raise you 20. Yeah. Is, I, think, I don't know. I have to figure out with the with the year that we weren't weren't able to make it. But Albert, the Albert, the year before, I always have to remember. You know, I remember because the first year I went was the year Albert Pujols was in the AFL, and I think that was like two thousand, the you know two thousand. So I'm I'm a if I'm not at twenty, I I'm pretty sure this is either twenty or twenty one. It's not my twentieth year speaking. We had to wait a couple of years before I uh, you know begged and pleaded and, and got on the panels. 
But uh, yeah, this is going to be my twentieth around my twentieth year attending, and you know, had to cut it short a couple years for various reasons. But man, it's the you know, it's the one week in a year I make sure is open. I've learned so much, and I used to like take pretty extensive notes, and they they really did help me just become a better player. And you learn from the best minds in the industry. Eno Saris's presentations are stellar, and really everybody. It's you just get a great slice from every aspect of the fantasy baseball world. And uh, we're talking with Ray Murphy from Baseball HQ. And, Ray, anything new lined up for the docket or on the docket this year for first pitch? Yeah, you know, we're always mixing in the old and the new. And uh, what you were uh, saying, Clay, resonates with me about note-taking and learning a lot. You know, I, I've taken to calling it uh, an immersive fantasy baseball experience. Like, you, if you show up, you kind of, like, can't learn stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, we're, uh, as part of the program this year, you know, we've got a couple of hours dedicated on Saturday to doing, uh, you know, player analysis. We used to call it facts and flukes. I think we're calling it, uh, um, deep dives or breakdowns or something this year, but, uh, you know, we're doing some player analysis on the surprising performances of 21. Uh, we're on Friday afternoon, we're giving, uh, you know, Saris, the microphone and just let him go for an hour. Cause that's all you need to do there. That, that always goes super well. Um, you know, we'll be scouting the Arizona fall league prospects. Um, I saw a couple of announcements this week about, right. I haven't seen full announcements of rosters, but some teams have announced who they're assigning there. So I've seen some dribbling of names. I saw the Cardinals are sending Jordan Hicks, which is like, you know, an actual major leaguer. I'm like, Oh, cool. You know, so that's something new. Um, he's going to go out and throw 103 or whatever it is he does. We'll see. We'll see if he has a clue where it's going. Um, and yeah, we're trying. You know, we try some new things on uh, you know various parts of the program. I always joke that uh, you know this is probably a uh, joke that indicates my age, but I always joke that um, Sunday morning, the last day of the program, is always Saturday night, Saturday night live after weekend update is over. It's like where we just throw some stuff at the wall and, you know, some of it works and some of it doesn't. What works, we bring back next year and it becomes a function of the program for years to come. So, and, you know, sometimes you get tempted to drive in cats. So. I appreciate that you guys do that, though. Everybody can fill out a survey at the end. and You guys do take that feedback into account and you continue to reshape and improve the First Pitch Arizona experience every year. Todd, are you going to be down there ahead of time this year? Uh, actually, no. Uh, okay. For 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 the main reason being, well, yes, I'm going down on Wednesday, okay. and that happens to be when the the game's the opener. And selfishly, I am um, no one no one listens to this, right? So when I say this, no one's going to hear. I'm doing some football work for ESPN, and I'm busy what? on Tuesday. Yeah, I know. Well, with the with the with the with the impending labor strife. Uh, I can't say no to an offer of somebody handing me a couple of shekels now and again. So I'm doing some uh, unbyline work for ESPN football, and I have to do that Monday and Tuesday. So I'm going down on Wednesday, and I have to leave Sunday. Uh, I couldn't go down, you know, I could go down early, but there would be no ball games to see. So I am kind of glad that seeing the opener, but I, I can't extend it. Uh, which I would have done previously, I would have extended it. But anyway, so I am gonna, I am gonna kind of jam hopefully a couple of ball games in. And fortunately, I think I think you probably look right. There is a game in Mesa on Wednesday in the afternoon, so that's kind of the obvious. So we don't have to go out west when people first get in. Um, but the schedule dictates there are going to be some uh, some trips out west, out, out west meaning Peoria and Surprise, and maybe Glendale. 
uh, we can't hang around surprise, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Salt River and, and, and Scottsdale, like we have maybe in years past, but we'll, we'll figure it out. But, um, yeah, so that's that, but one of the, you know, we're talking a lot about the seminars. One of the, I think to me, just as important or just as fun or just as meaningful is the, the non-seminar time when there have been some serious friendships developed at first pitch where, you know, it's not all, you know, we talk baseball all the time, but there have, you know, some, some deep friendships that have been developed at the, you know, at the ball games, at the poker table, at the fire pit. And to me, that's, that's what makes the event yeah, extra special. You know, you both have kind of alluded to the camaraderie that has developed uh, the inclusiveness. To me, that's, that's, uh, I mean, I'm kind of a, I'm the creepy guy in the corner and I'll admit that, but I'm kind of at home, you know, whenever I'm in public, I kind of, I feel comfortable enough at first pitch that I'm not, I'm not as creepy as normal in public. Oh, I wouldn't say that at all, Todd, but that, that fire pit may not have been the, the biggest hit with the hotel staff, but I remember yeah, that's that true. The, the most fun thing ever. Oh, we were just a little loud that night, but yeah, it is great just meeting people. And if you can only get to, you know, three or four games, you're pretty much guaranteed to see some of the top prospects in the game. If you're a prospect hound, I saw like Acuna, Vladdy, I mean, Bellinger, Pete Alonzo, the list goes on and on. Pretty much every top prospect we've seen over the, there yeah. over the last five years. And uh, it's really great camaraderie and a great experience. And Ray, of course, you are a co-editor on Ron Chandler's Baseball Forecaster, which is really the sets the bar for fantasy baseball publications. It's a must purchase every winter. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that process? Are you guys kind of already getting the ball rolling on that? We are actually, it's, uh, my work. I, I end up doing a lot of the prep work. I, I tend to have a, an early start in September. I do a lot of the, uh, laying out of templates and this week, a big task was to figure out the exact 800 and something players who were actually getting the full player box treatment in the book. And I've got spreadsheets where I'm debating the relative merits of, you know, guys who you might be guy player number 799 or 801, uh, leaning heavily on our staff to figure that out. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're on track to hit the ground running, writing those uh, analyses and trying to put together that, you know, goes to press before Thanksgiving. So it's a really tight turnaround. You'll see some of the baseball HQ staff undoubtedly working on assigned pages throughout, uh, you know, corners of first pitch Arizona because we we, we all kind of double dip at that. So uh, it, it's a uh, it's a very live, lively time of year. You know, the other thing we should say about Arizona is you know we draft. I was listening to yeah. you two with DVR uh, going through your first round. You know, some of the you know they're not the first drafts of the year, but some of the first drafts of the year will be happening uh, just short of two weeks from now in Arizona, and uh, we play those out. We give out prizes for them. We give away HQ subscriptions and stuff like that, and. Uh, you know, it, it, one of the more interesting activities is always on Sunday morning after the Saturday night drafts when people just sort of stand in front of those draft boards and just soak them in for the first time. It's like, oh, what does this look like? You know, and there's a there's a lot to digest there. Yeah, Throughout so the weekend, people are sitting there staring at those boards. At all yeah, there's totally. like a couple of draft champions. I know the attendance, what you'll be able to do this year, but there's a couple of draft champions that you get as far as you can and then you pick up online later. If there's enough, I don't know if there'll be enough for an auction, but sometimes you run an auction. And Jeff Barton runs a score sheet league. So if, if you're interested in tipping your toes in, in the score sheet arena, Jeff's there, and he's going to have a, a breakout to talk about it. It's a great way to to, to start, start your 
to start your score sheet, uh, 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 you know, trek. Yeah, I I need to get back into it because I did it one of my first years at first pitch, and I loved getting my like, simulated box scores and all that. Yeah, but I just have had too many other leagues. But I'm going to consolidate and I think add back. A score sheet league, and thanks for sharing a little bit about the off-season process with the forecaster Ray. How long? Because we do it, but we don't. You know that November publish date is a couple months ahead of ours. So I, I admire the heck out of what you guys do. Yeah, especially how frustrated are you that we don't even have minor league stats yet? Because the minor league season's not over. I want to. I usually have my MLEs done by now, right? I mean, <laughs> I, it, it's rough. And then you know, one of the things that I always, I, I always get surprised at is you know when I'm going through those player lists, I got to go dig up the injured guys or the guys that we haven't thought about since like February, right? And make sure they get back into the book. I, yeah. I, rediscover, I, I rediscovered Robinson Cano the other night. I'm like, oh, he's still a thing. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Th- yeah, this is, yeah, because I'm going to launch November 1st, too. And it, it's, in, you know, not to mention that the regular season's ending a couple days later than it normally. It just It just takes away some time yeah. from us to, uh, I'm saying it tongue-in-cheek, well, we'll make it work. But yeah, I mean that's with the whole the whole ten day runoff. That sounds like I, my joke about the ten day minor league runoff. That sounds like an idea that I would have for Tout Wars, and then Ron would have to call me up and tell me that it's just dumb. I mean, <laughs> have an entire season. Yeah, you see and, these and, people okay, like that's great. Well, there's your champion, but let's have another champion for ten days. That's just yeah, silly. You see people, uh, you know, the Jason Starks of the world, or whoever else who are championing the. You know, let's have a fourteen playoff for the AL wild card. I'm the opposite. I'm like, no, no, that stats need to be locked on Monday morning. Don't give me an extra day. Yeah. You know, don't take it all away. I, you know, I, I need the final stats. I can't be waiting for game one sixty three, let alone game one sixty four. Let's move on. Yeah, I run the park factors. You know, like you mentioned, the MLEs. I need to get need to get gone, especially because um, I will not be working on my on my stuff during uh, first pitch. So I. Uh, Another reason to potentially cut it short on, the, on either end, but yeah, it's uh, well, you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll make it work. It's uh, it's worth it. I mean, we didn't talk about it, but one of the bonuses of this first pitch in, and we all know fans of some of the teams in the playoffs, we're going to get to watch some playoff games together. Yeah, it's super oh, cool. Yeah. You know, it's, it, the uh, I, I was looking at the schedule. I guess the Thursday we arrive is potentially Game Fives of the ALDS. And then uh, the you know, the LCS starts on Friday night, where we might get a game. And then the Saturday uh, is both LCSs are playing. We don't know whether they're going to be on East Coast or West Coast time, etc. Right. But you know, pretty pretty guaranteed that on Saturday afternoon, at you know, no later than you know, probably four o'clock Western and maybe earlier, there'll be a game on, and we can pop it up on the big screen and you know, ha- have some beverages or watch people draft or whatever else is going on at that time. So that's. Uh, that is definitely a cool little wrinkle. Yeah. You guys will bear with me here. We'll just take a quick uh, break to hear from our sponsors. Uh, appreciate your patience here with me on this. There's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire. It's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor. Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at baccarat. 
WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. While rapidly expanding at WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. Also, the summer is coming to an end, which means postseason baseball is on the horizon. There's no better place to be than vivid seats to watch your team race towards the postseason. So grab your MLB tickets, maybe maybe a stadium hot dog or two, and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Even better, they have a rewards program designed to provide real rewards for fans. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game to see your favorite performer or that new show everyone is talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. And finally, the new NFL season is underway, and Yahoo's excited to kick off daily fantasy football. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contests now being shark-free. To celebrate the beginning of football and Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo's giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 contest entry credit offer to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. In addition to the free credit, Yahoo has a $1 million DFS football contest live. The $1 million contest features $1 million in total prizes, including first place, receiving $100,000 and an entry to the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship live finals event, which will occur at MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. Now, probably like most of you, my mind wanders even when I'm doing those reads. And you mentioned Robinson Cano. Ray and I, we we do this little like trivia sometimes after our company meetings. And one of the questions was who led Major League Baseball in hits during the 2010s, and the answer was Robinson Cano. I couldn't believe it. I I, had, uh, I couldn't get it right. I took a bunch of guesses. <laughs> but yeah, I guess he's a guy we have to remember for next year. Talking with Ray Murphy from Baseball HQ, and Ray, can people still sign up for first pitch Arizona this year, or is it sold out for 2021? We- we are running one final flash sale this weekend for people who were on the fence about coming, obviously all sorts of considerations of in doing travel and in-person events this year. And we've, uh, you know, we've had good response all summer long and we're super excited to get back to doing this in person, but we know it's not for everybody, but if you were on the fence, uh, we were running a $100 uh, discount this weekend. There's a, a flash sale. We've cut the price on the website for people who, decide they want to jump in. If you want to go, uh, as I've been doing, if you want to go to uh, your Google friend and check the uh, COVID numbers in Arizona and see how they're dropping, like they are in much of the country, you know, reassure yourself or your wife there, you know, that could be a component of it. But we're, uh, we're trying to grease the skids by uh, knocking a hundred bucks off the price. So hoping to see a couple of people grab the last few chairs this weekend. Yeah. And I, I am not paid by, you guys, well, I, I kind of am in that you include me every year, but I just can't endorse this enough. If you're a fantasy baseball player, or just a fan of baseball, uh, join us if you can, and please come up and say hi. You know, it's been great to meet people throughout the years, and 
always nice to get that feedback because uh, it seems like sometimes we're talking into the void, Todd. But I guess people do listen to us sometimes. I think you're on mute, buddy. Uh, speaking of listening, if you want to listen to me, I, it should help if I turn my uh, <laughs> microphone on. I heard a little, there was a little landscaping going on. But um, yeah, uh, you're right. Sometimes we do work in a vacuum and I'll hear all, you know, I heard you in the podcast or in the radio. I was like, oh, wow, they... Uh, they do. Uh, they do hear us sometimes. You know, it is. And like I said, it's. Uh, to me, it's just the baseball's great, but the uh, the after the afterlife, the uh, the the other stuff. And we mentioned, you know, there's people that play some poker. There's people that go out to some bars, and there's some people like myself that hang around the fire pit if there is a fire pit and just just uh, shoot the stuff in back. And you mentioned, and I don't think I don't think we're out of school, right? I mean, you you guys are taking some precautions as as far as the the COVID nineteen, et cetera. Um, in you know, so when people go to the website to sign up, they'll see them. Uh, we're, we're make, we are making it as safe as possible. And if you're worried about you know the, the games being a super spreader event, there, there's no <laughs> worry there. You can literally have your own section at the ballpark, yeah. You can sit six, we, we, we sit six feet apart without you know, previous seasons, exactly. The only reason to get close to somebody is so you can look over the scout's shoulder to see the radar gun, right. Yeah, and if if you if you happen to be ch- you know what's the what's the expression if you don't get a foul ball you're not trying hard that's the exactly. only time you be be next to somebody is when you're both vying for the same foul ball. It's about right, and yeah, we're we're uh, you know obviously you know you still got to you still got to get there, and for some people that's uh, harder than others yeah, hop- hopping yeah. across country at this time. But you know we're pretty confident that when everybody gets out there, we will uh, keep everybody safe for the three days and send them back home in one piece. Yeah, and if you know you get out there, but you need a ride to the game or something, just let me know, and we'll we'll include you as long as you're wearing a mask, you know. <laughs> um, but we, yeah, we're, I'd be happy to let people come along. And yeah, you guys are very good about you know not leaving buddy out in the, in the wind and uh, making sure everybody's included with the group, and it's a lot of fun. I've I've made friends having people driving in the back of Brent and my car for uh, for several years running. So uh, yeah, that's how friendships get made. It's uh, human interaction we've all mm-hmm. come to treasure it over the last two years right it's a chance to get back to that absolutely now ray as we wrap things up today i was said at the beginning of the show i learned a tough lesson in the main event this year and jeff zimmerman had an article on our site really brief if you want to check it out it's like a three minute read just kind of his lessons learned in 2021 any big takeaways on your end like anything that you're looking to maybe do differently Anything after the short 2020 year that you're maybe uh, has shifted your strategy a little bit for 2022? I've got a whole postmortem that sort of still lies ahead of me. I'm letting the season sort of play out first, but I, I had a tweet a week or two ago that I was looking back at my, uh, my main event as it drops. And I, and it slipped my mind that I dropped Tyler O'Neill on April 10th when he went on the DL. <laughs> I was like, oh, that, that was well. a bad idea. <laughs> that one's still stinging me a little bit. Um, I, I can't say whether that was a bad process or just bad outcome, because at the time I thought he was just a you know, replacement level player in the NFC, a fourth outfielder type. And little did I know that 30 home runs and 15 stolen bases were coming at me. <laughs> yeah, nothing doesn't sound like anything structurally wrong with your process, though. That's good to hear. I think, I think maybe I got caught up in the uh, – Maybe not, you know, drafting necessarily a pitcher in the first round, but going too heavy on pitching early. It, uh, you know, I think in the NFBC, it's kind of a proven strategy that it works when you hit on those guys. But 
the the hit rate obviously not a thousand <laughs> i guess i've had a lot of misses on the the high-end pitching side in recent years so that's um i used to be a heavy hitter hitter early guy and then i kind of shifted again not to pocket aces but to pushing up pitching a little more than i probably should todd any thoughts as we finish up our final podcast together of uh 2021 it's been great great hosting with you all this time thanks for putting up with me putting up with you i vice vice versa well i've still got one more project i signed up to do the the rankings or our playoff rankings so we'll uh we'll have those up on the site once we know who's in the playoffs my uh my yeah, final postseason cheat sheet yeah postseason cheat sheet NFC has a draft you know some private drafts so we're uh that 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 cheat sheet will be made available but other than that i'd like to, you know thank ray good looking forward to well i'll see you i'll see you in a week for uh handing off of the projector so you guys can actually have the uh have these things up on the board but i you know like to see some uh if you like like clay said come out say hello um i you know i i i sound taller uh when you see me i sound taller on the podcast i just want to you know warn you but sure, I'm you know looking forward to seeing everybody, and uh, it's going to be a good time. And your colleague Ray Brent Hershey's going to be joining us tomorrow on MLB Network Radio to talk a little bit more about first pitch. So that'll be a lot of fun talking with him. I'll have to ask Brent if he's going to be playing that rotisserie league baseball VHS starring Reggie Jackson that I gave. Him. <laughs> uh, that was a big. I heard hit. that was a that was a big hit when we, back in 2019 <laughs> when he played it. Huge hit. People were people were still talking about it to the same. <laughs> uh, Brent, uh, I'm sorry, Ray. Brent's going to join us uh, tomorrow on MLB Network Radio. But Ray, anything else you want to mention regarding first pitch, the forecaster, baseball HQ, anything? Yeah, for first pitch, you know, we've talked about it a bunch of times. But if you just go to baseballhq.com, we've got a big first pitch Arizona logo on the right side of the page. Click through that. That's where the registration button is. You can get a look at the entire program. We've uh, been cooking it up all summer, but we actually just published it this week. So you can uh, see what lies ahead. And as I tweeted the other day, I, I don't think you can read that schedule and get through the third day without being like, oh man, I really have to be here. Yeah. And that's, At least that's what we're aiming for. And if you're signed up, you'll continue to see announcements about the prospects. Like on Twitter, you'll see teams announcing who's going to be there and the anticipation just builds more and more. Todd, you knocked it out of the park, as I said earlier, by booking two great guests, DVR and Ray Murphy. Anything else you want to mention? No, I think we're good. I think uh, it's been a great year. We're going to go on a little bit of a hiatus, but we'll be back at you, everybody, and we'll get you through the offseason and into the spring. And I mentioned it. We've mentioned it a couple times in the pod, but the great James Anderson going to be continuing on with a rotating guest spot once a week in the offseason. So we will keep you... We will still be with you once a week here on the Roadwire nice. Fantasy Baseball Podcast. And, yeah, thank you all for being with us all year. Thank you, Ray. Can't wait to see you. And uh, hopefully we'll see some of you out there. And if you do see us, definitely say hi. Thanks again for being with us all year. Thank you, Todd, for all the great insight. And thank you, Ray, for your time today on this Friday. We'll talk to you guys next season on the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by WinBet.